WGNS Murfreesboro, W270AF Murfreesboro, W263AI Murfreesboro, Smyrna. The Good Neighbor Network, FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and online at WGNSRadio.com. This is the WGNS Action Line, talking with Rutherford County newsmakers about what matters most to you. Now your host, Bart Walker. And our guest on this segment is Peter Demas. For decades, the Demas family have been feeding this community. Peter, it's good to have you with us today. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me on. We're going to be talking about Peter's new book on the duty of Christian civil disobedience. Peter, that catches your attention. It's actually something that that I started thinking about years ago. On there was different little things that happened, and it really even started with the idea of what is our duty if we see something criminal, you know. And and so I started kind of researching it, and then it ultimately kind of led into: Do we have a duty to to disobey different you know, entities, whether it's your work or whether it's the government? And so in college, I was a sociology major, and I studied Thoreau and civil disobedience. And so as I started kind of taking some of my knowledge that I had from it and applying it to the reading of the Bible, and then this just started coming from it. In 2020, when the churches started getting closed down and people started uh, attacking churches, both in both in, in Canada and the U.S., I realized that this is a message that really kind of needs to go out. We need to prepare ourselves as we start kind of progressing toward the next season of our lives as Christians. We're talking with Peter Demas about his new book on the duty of Christian civil disobedience. What do you see as the next season? You know, I don't I don't know. I'm not a a fortune teller or, or a prophet or anything of that nature. But when I watch the, the, the history unfold and I watch the, the history from the beginning of time all the way to now, everything kind of seems to kind of go in, in cycles and, and whether it's cycles of righteousness or cycles of unrighteousness. And we know that when we read the Bible, that as we start approaching Revelation and Jesus talks about it when he talks about the tares and wheat, that we're going to see both uh, righteousness and unrighteousness start to rise. And so I don't know if the next season is going to be that, but we, I know that a season will be like that. And as we see changes being made and start seeing some more vocal attacks against the church and against people of faith, I think that we need to be ready and prepared to be able to stand up uh, and, and really just kind of take one on the chin. It's going to be a season coming up in the future. Again, whether it's the next one or the one after, but I think at some point in time we have to be prepared for it to come. In the news last week, one Middle Tennessee county was endorsing amendments that included Judeo-Christian ethics. All of that, despite the county's legal department saying, don't do that. Is that wise? It's encouraging when I see that happening, but but on the flip side, we're also seeing it happening in other areas where it doesn't. And a lot of times the hands are tied or, you know, or we're deceived. So, you know, for example, you know, we had a, uh, it was it was promoted as a pride event and it, and and I'm not and I, I wasn't there so I don't know all that happened but the video I received there was a all ages show where 
people performed in a very sexual manner on the show. I've talked with people in the city about it. They were upset about it. They were unaware that what was going to happen, you know, because we've had this in the past and never had any problems in the past. And so I think sometimes, even though we may be stepping out and being more bold with our faith, you know, we're still deceived. I know I am. And I think, you know, we, we will continue to see that as, as we start seeing more levels of unrighteousness show up, as well as it's all around us. In Wilson County, they have books that are in the, in the high school library that, that, that has drawings that are pornographic drawings, for lack of a better way to say it. And um, the, the images are very disturbing, um, and yet they're available to, to high school students, and they can't take them out once they bring them in. My understanding is, is they buy it in bulk. They buy different books in bulk, and so they'll throw a couple of these in uh, from the national level. So even at local level, we do it. But again, there's other forces at work that we're not 100% certain exactly what's happening with it from there. And what idea would you like to get across to the people who read your book? I think the best thing is, is just kind of preparing us, you know, because really the question is, is are you willing to give up? Let's just say in the, in the business world, am I willing to give up my business you know, for faith? Am I willing to go to jail for Christ? Am I willing to die for Christ? Am I willing to be made fun of? Am I willing to lose my friends and not get invited to the parties? I think we have to first accept that fact. I think we have to realize that for us to stand with Christ is is going to offend somebody. Now, you know, um, that's obviously not our goal. That's not our end use. Our, 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 our end goal is we want all people to know Christ, but we also recognize, and Christ says it himself, that he himself is going to be offensive, and some people are just not going to accept that. So I think that's the first part of it. I think the second part of it is, is I think we have to be prepared, but we got to be sure that we don't overreact and knee jerk, you know, and I, and I see it on both sides, whether you're Republican or Democrat, and I make several references to it in the book where we knee jerk react to circumstances that may or may not be from a Christian perspective. So there's a test outlined in there of, you know, is, is the government asking you to commit evil? Is it asking you to do something that's against God's word? And, you know, does it follow the, you know, and, and has God specifically asked you to get involved? And there are certain factors that go into each one of these that, that play into it. But ultimately, I think we have to accept the consequences of our actions. So many times we see protests and in 2021 where people are like, well, I have the right to protest. Yes, within reason, but you also have to accept the consequences of that protest. It's not scot-free. I think that's the big part of where that book will help as well and help people determine when to get involved and when not to get involved. One of your chapters is rooted in the fear of God and not in anger. Yeah, you know, it's 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 easy to be angry with, with things that we see, and we see it all over social media. You know, whether we're, we're angry with the Trump supporters or we're angry with people that, that attack Trump supporters. I mean, and just the, the hatred and the vilification that comes on both sides to each other. And I think a lot of times we get fooled by our self-righteousness and say, this is the reason why we're angry. And so therefore we have to go out and do something about it instead of recognizing that, that it's easy to make our politics our idol instead of the fear of God and making certain that what we're doing is we're doing it to glorify him and not uh, to satisfy our own um, bloodlust in a way. 
Peter Demas, our guest this morning. The Action Line on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. The sunrise puffs up above the horizon. So glad to see you today. I'm Amy Watson. And I'm Ben Hill. Welcome to News Channel 5 this morning. Time to fill your day with something more than a routine. This is Sky 5 Live as uh, every day there's a brand new skyscraper <laughs> going up. This is where we connect. Come on, y'all. We are alive. We are well. We Laugh. <laughs> see the beauty of the morning. When you look out this morning in that sunrise, you get the prettiest picture. Uh, News Channel 5 helps you out the traffic door. Traffic anchor Rebecca Schleich joins us now with the latest. The good news is there are pretty easy alternate routes. With something more than news, weather, and traffic. News Channel 5's Nick Barris is in our Good News Alert Center this morning. <laughs> Take a good look girl, right there at this dog. Yes, it's something to lift your spirits. Wow. If that doesn't get you going, then we need to have a chit-chat. Ben, Amy, Leland, Nikki D, Rebecca, and Nick. We are here to get you yeah. revved up and going. A better day. Wednesday is day. Starts this morning. News Channel 5 this morning. Classroom closures, small business lockdowns, mask mandates. Government bureaucrats failed us during COVID. They infringed on our freedoms, left school children behind, and hurt our economy. But here in Tennessee, another unelected board of bureaucrats decides if and where healthcare providers can expand services and care. Tennessee's Certificate of Need, or Con Law, gives government bureaucrats too much power over our care. Those bureaucrats and their endless red tape limit access to quality healthcare choices. Consider these facts. Today, only half of hospitals in Tennessee with maternity wards have a NICU. We wanna make it easier for healthcare providers to respond to the needs of Tennessee families. Tennessee's population is growing and it takes three to four years to build a new hospital. It's time to put patients first. Tell your legislator to fully repeal the Tennessee con. Paid for by Center for Individual Freedom. Well, a good morning to you on this Monday. Today, the 31st of October, Halloween is here. And you can trick-or-treat on the downtown Murfreesboro Square this evening, starting at 3 o'clock, going on up until 5 p.m. Again, trick-or-treating on the downtown Murfreesboro Square, 3 until 5 now, this is from a couple of years ago. Tom Christie at Shackless Photography looked back and described the massive amount of trick-or-treaters on the local square. It's thousands of kids. It's an incredible thing. If you've never seen the trick-or-treating around the square, you don't want to miss it. It's, it's a phenomenon. Again, that was Tom Christie talking about all the trick-or-treaters just a couple of years ago. Middle Tennessee Electric, they will carry on the tradition of handing out treats today, just as Murfreesboro Electric did year after year. Middle Tennessee Electric's Amy Byers talked about the sidewalks being filled with children eager to fill their bags with candy. It's a great day. There'll be hundreds and hundreds of the trick-or-treaters in their costumes. They'll be lined up. And, of course, downtown business owners are well-versed in the yearly festivities on the local square each Halloween, which means there'll be plenty of candy to go around. Now, around the inner circle of the square this evening, just outside the doors of the courthouse, will be police cars, sheriff deputies, and other emergency responders all set to hand out candy to the visiting ghosts and goblins. 
Again, all of that going on in the downtown square this evening for Halloween, starting at 3 o'clock, going on till 5 o'clock. Right now, the temperature outside at 61 degrees. Today, the high will get up to 68 degrees, only a 20% chance of rain, although we're sitting under overcast skies right now. Now, at 3 o'clock in this afternoon, temperature is going to be around 67 as the kids start to trick-or-treat on the downtown square. Then by 5 p.m., it'll be 65 degrees in downtown Murfreesboro. But again, there is only a 20% chance of rain this afternoon. And then tonight, also a 20% chance of rain. Tonight, down to 51 degrees. Time right now, 825. We're now going to head back to WGNS's Bart Walker, who was talking with Peter Demas about his new book. The Action Line on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. And our guest is Peter Demas, talking about Peter's new book on the duty of Christian civil disobedience. Whether we go to a movie or turn on the TV or listen to music, are we accepting more things that are against God? Absolutely. You know, I grew up in the church, but I wasn't a Christian. I didn't really become a Christian until about 10 years ago. And I thought I was a Christian, but I look back and I see all the stuff that I accepted, that I did, that I said, that that I would even just allow in my life that I just didn't recognize. You know, so many times, you know, I I hear Christians really get so offended at the, the homosexual community. Yet at the same time, they turn around and they'll have adultery, you know, they'll, or they'll watch TV shows where, you know, uh, uh, you know sex is just common and, and every day. And we want to blame people for sexual sins that we aren't tempted with and ignore or bypass or accept the ones that we are and that we do have trouble you know, I'm, I, I deal with my own problems and, you know, my own uh, uh, things that I have to work through and, and turn to God and repent. And, you know, I have to do that on a very regular basis. Whereas um, I think sometimes, again, we get caught up in our own self-righteousness. So, you know, again, it's easy to kind of point the finger, but realize that, that the only difference between me and and anybody else, and I don't care what side of the aisle you're on, or what, what you know, or what side of the the fence you stand on any of these positions. The only difference is, I'm a beggar, and I know who's providing me bread, and that's Christ. And other people might be a beggar too. They they still sin. They still have their own problems. But if they don't know Christ. That's where the problem is because he came and forgave our sins. You know, we have to believe in him and become obedient to him in order for that forgiveness to manifest in our lives. Well, Peter, now you have two books. The first one was Afraid to Trust, One Man's Journey into the Love of God. And the most recent one, On the Duty of Christian Civil Disobedience. When you look at the message from each book, do you feel that they came out in the right order? Yeah, you know, the the first book is really more of a narrative. It just kind of tells my story and how we use Christ to get into um, and how we apply it in our business and, and then how Christ got me through the fear and anxiety of potentially losing a business and other areas of my life. 
this book was written kind of, again, more as a kind of an academic type thought process that just has moved out. And so like when you get the, the Kindle copy, there's 15 pages of, of footnotes in there. Uh, so it a, has a different mindset. And I, and I use stories of both Christians and non-Christians of civil disobedience. So whether it's Amy Carmichael or Martin Luther King, or it's even people like Mahatma Gandhi or, you know, Mandela or, you know, so I use um, the examples to show how civil disobedience is effective as opposed to kind of uncivil disobedience. And as people read your new book, what should they focus on? You know, the, the big the big thing that our focus ought to be is on Christ and all things that we do. You know, Colossians 3.23 says, in all things we do, we do for the glory of God and not for man. And so if I were to have a plate of 10 cookies and I said, you can have all the cookies. And then as you start to take them all, I'm like, no, 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 I need two of them. Then that's not all the cookies. So even when we engage in, in behaviors to stand up for things that are right, we have to recognize that we're doing this for Christ. And, we're, and our job is to turn people toward Christ. So we have to be careful that our actions don't reflect behaviors that are anti-Christian. We want people to be able to change their hearts toward us by the way that we act. Martin Luther King, I think, said it best. He was interviewed, and he said, you know, we're willing to die for our cause. He goes, I don't know of any other racist that's willing to die for theirs. And he said, and that's the reason why we're going to win. And I think that's a big part of what civil disobedience is about and where that falls in the Christian perspective. I mean, and we see it all throughout the Bible, whether it's Daniel that said, I'm still going to pray with the windows open, knowing the consequences, or the midwives that gave birth to Moses, you know, they just they just ignore the order and so that the Hebrew babies could still be born. So I mean it, it's it goes all the way back from, from there to Paul and Jesus both, you know, said, No, we're not gonna follow this law, you know, and for whatever reasons it was. I think that's a that's a big part of it and it changed the world from them being able to do so. And I think that's part of our responsibility today. And before we leave, will reading this book Help us to know what to do and what not to do. I, I you know, I, I hope so. That's kind of what I was hoping to achieve out of it. Because again, it kind of sets forth a test. A lot of times, again, you know, we, we get angry with what we see and what we hear, and we want to do something about it. My son was very upset over um, a decision in New York uh, a while back and something the governor had said, and he's like, you know, what can we do about it? And I didn't have an answer for him. And I realized, you know, you know, protest, write something on Facebook or whatever. That's just adding to the noise. That doesn't do anything. And realize then that we have to first change the culture. And then the culture will change our politics. The culture changes our government. The government we see now is a reflection upon who we are. And so until we change who we are, then that's not going to happen. And speaking from experience, the only way that we can truly change who we are and change our hearts is by having Christ come into us. And so when we get to have that partnership with him and we get to share the wonderful being that he is with other people, then we start to see things change and we can start making things progress in a way and, and, and hopefully impact our other areas of our lives, whether it's the economics, the politics, and other areas of our lives. I teach a class at Lipscomb University. It's interesting when I when I talk to the students, there's an overall feeling that if you post something on social media, that that's accomplishing something. And in reality is, is at best that accomplishes me clicking the little heart button below it and then moving on to the next thing and not having an impact my life. 
in addition to the fact of, you know, you're offsetting the lies and, you know, someone can state one thing that's going to take you a whole paragraph to, to disprove. So there's so much lies out there and so much not free speech that's, that's involved in that. So you're right, it does just add to the noise, but people think that adding to the noise is speaking out, and reality is is that's not what's speaking out. What's really speaking out is face-to-face conversations and being able to, again, talk to people and, and, and share with them what Christ has done in, in your life. Because people just don't know. I didn't know, and I thought I was a Christian before I was. Now I look back, and I was. it, it, it frightens me because I thought I was on the right path, and I really wasn't. Is that sort of like... If you walk the walk and talk the talk, you'll make a difference. Absolutely. And again, but that doesn't allow us to not make mistakes. And that's, that's part of it, too. You know, I have a, I'm, you know, I've known for standing up to things. And I can tell you right now, if, if somebody hit me, I'd probably try to hit them back, even though I promote nonviolence in it. And I try to do everything I possibly can. I hope I don't. I really, really hope I don't. But I can't say guarantee that I wouldn't do it. You know, so, but, but I'm not perfect. Um, you know, there was only one perfect person and they hung him on a cross. And I think so many times we expect perfection before we can move ahead. And we have to recognize that we're all sinners, that we're all failures. But again, you know, that's why we need Christ. If we were perfect, we wouldn't need him. And then there was no reason to share him with others. So it's our imperfections that helps us be able to share the message. It's, it's the fact that I mess up nonstop and I could say, wow, I messed up. I'm sorry. And the reason why I'm sorry is because Christ taught me this and be able to, to kind of, kind of operate in that way. The question is, is whether you consistently make the same mistake. So for those who are listening who say, well, I'm cheating on my wife right now. Stop. You know what? It doesn't mean because you messed up yesterday means you have to mess up today. It's like people, when you're dieting, this morning I ate something that wasn't on my diet. It doesn't mean I get to eat bad the rest of the day. It means I need to eat better the rest of this day. <laughs> so, so, but so many times we were like, oh, we messed up, so we can't move forward. And that's not how Christianity works. Peter Demas has been our guest this morning. He's been telling us about his new book on the duty of Christian civil disobedience. Peter, how do we get a copy of this new book as well as your earlier writing? So there's several ways you can get it. Uh, you can go inside the restaurant. We usually have them for sale in the restaurant um, and order off of Amazon. The Civil Disobedience book has an audio version of it. I, I have not heard it. It's not my voice, so I don't know, um, uh, I don't know how the voice is um, on it. Um, but I do know there's an audio version of it. You can also go to my website, which is peterdemus.org. And um, you can, uh, and there, there's other things too. If you want to book me to speak to a group, or you know, there's other articles that I've written at, at different, uh, different areas or interviews that I've done. You can also see those uh, at, at my website as well. And for those listening to the podcast of this interview, we have also included links to Peter's website and to Amazon. Peter Demas, our guest this morning. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me on. The Action Line on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. Hello, this is Amanda from Animal City inviting your family to come do business with my family. Don't let your dog be bored this fall. Come see us at Animal City for some of the best toys to keep them entertained and engaged. 
Come see us at Animal City and let our 32 years experience benefit you and your pets. Come check out our selection here at Animal City. We have freshwater, saltwater, corals, and more. Animal City, 919 Northwest Broad Street in Murfreesboro. At Heritage South Community Credit Union, we help when others won't. It's what our members tell us we do every day. The older model car that you need to get to work? Yeah, we've helped with that. The HVAC unit that suddenly needs to be replaced? We've helped with that. Repairing your credit? Yes, we've helped with that. How about a second chance at a checking account? We've even helped with that. Experience the Heritage South difference. Learn more at heritagesouth.org. Insured by NCUA, equal housing lender. Hi, this is Peter Demas. One of the things that we've done years ago is we've been able to do our orders like our pastas and many other items that we used to be able to put them in large pans. And now we have a catering team that will even deliver it to your home. We can drop it off for you, set it up, or they can come in and pick it up. Look up our catering menu on www.demasrestaurants.com. This is Peter Demas at Demas's Restaurant. 1115 Northwest Broad Street in Murfreesboro. The Action Line on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. Welcome back on this segment of our broadcast this morning. It is early voting time. Hopefully you are taking advantage of that. The Rutherford County Election Administrator, Alan Farley, is our guest. Hey, Alan, good morning to you. Good morning, Bart. How are you this morning? Doing great. Good to have you with us. I guess the big question, how is early voting going? Well, Bart, it's actually going pretty good. Everything's you know smooth. Uh, you know, We're getting people through the small lines. Um, mainly, it's just in and out, which is always good. So there's interest in this election. Yeah, there's some. Compared to four years ago, our numbers are, are not near as much as they were four years ago because we had a contested gubernatorial election, and also we had a um, contested U.S. Senate campaign. So that was really driving turnout. You know, I think there was $100 million that was spent in the state in 2018 with the U.S. Senate campaign and the, and the gubernatorial elections. So we don't have that level of competition this cycle, which tends to not drive the turnout as much. What seems to be the big drivers in this particular election as far as bringing the voters in? Well, you know, we have constitutional amendments that are on the ballot this time. A lot of people either A, know nothing about it, or that's one of the reasons why they're coming to the polls. I think a lot of it has to do with the, based off of questions that we're getting off of the uh, frustrations from the, the national climate, the economy, inflation, some of those issues, uh, because they're asking, okay, why do we not have a U.S. Senate candidate on the ballot? Some have even asked, well, I thought the president was on the ballot uh, this, this election. And we're like, no, that's 2024. So there seems to be a lot of questions about the national ballot. When you look at the ballot, uh, you mentioned that the amendments, the four amendments, are really getting a lot of attention. Where can people learn more about those amendments so they can go in and vote with some knowledge? They can go to our website at election.rutherfordcountytn.gov. Of course, that's a mouthful. Or they can go to www.ruco.vote. Um, that's a website that we have. And we have those constitutional amendments that are linked on our website for them to go through and read. And they can read the legally version, 
But then also there's a summary, which kind of goes into a little more detail for those amendments. What kind of turnout are you, I mean, you're always good at forecasting these. Based off the, the May election and the August election, which our turnout was not near what I thought it should be. So based off of this, I'm, I'm projecting we'll have probably around 40 to 44% turnout. Now, that's between 90 and 95,000 votes cast. But now we have 206,000 registered voters. So I would be pleased if we could get close to that 100,000 mark. I've been noticing that some of the other communities around Tennessee are having good turnout, but Nashville is not having as good of a turnout. Rutherford County is one of the tops. East Tennessee, a lot of folks in East Tennessee are interested in the elections. What do you think is the difference? Why are we seeing good turnouts in some areas and really weak response in others? Well, I think a lot of that, Bart, is, of course, Nashville, and I've never understood this, as large as Metro Nashville is, the first week of early voting, they only have one location, and that's the Howard School Building on 2nd Avenue in downtown Nashville. So, you know, here in Rutherford County, we have nine locations. We're nowhere near the size of Davidson County. But our, our opinion is is that we want to try to get as many people to vote as early as possible because, one, sometimes, you know, especially in, in presidential elections and, and, and such, you have wait times. With early voting, there's always tomorrow. You know, if your schedule don't work out and you want to pop in and, and you know, there may be a 15-minute wait or 20-minute wait, but you can't wait, you can still come back later that afternoon or you can come back tomorrow. Election day, there is no tomorrow. That's the last day. So we want to make sure we make voting as convenient as possible. And that's one reason why we um, piloted and, and led the, the state in the convenient vote centers. You know, We offer nine locations, which that gives people ample opportunity in Murfreesboro. There's five locations here based off the population. Of course, there's two in Smyrna, one in Laverne. Uh, well, I guess there's six in Murfreesboro now. There's six in Murfreesboro, two in Smyrna, and, and one in Laverne. We want people, and they're scattered throughout the county, that if, it doesn't matter if you're on the south side, the east side, north side, west side, there's somewhere close by there's an early voting location. With so many new people in the community who have moved here from other counties in Tennessee or from another state, our elections are quite different in Rutherford County. And that has turned into a real positive. Uh, tell us about that. You mentioned being a pilot, and this county decided to go ahead and stay with it after the pilot program proved successful. Back in 2016, we were able to get legislation passed that would allow us to develop this process on convenient vote centers. So the parameters, the legislature set um, in working with with that to say, okay, here's what we want to do. We want to use the safeguards, the technology that we have to be able to make it available where people can vote at any location. Because with early voting, we were already, since 1994, we were already doing that. And so what this allowed was on election day, instead of being assigned a specific location, you could go to any of the election day 
polling places. So that made it convenient for people who lived in Murfreesboro, but they worked in Nashville because, you know, that traffic that you that you have to leave at 530 in the That's morning right. <laughs> to get to downtown Nashville is the same traffic that you're following back home. And so those people can actually stop in Smyrna. They can stop in Laverne and they can vote at one of those locations. If you live in Eagleville and you work in Laverne, at lunch you can go to the Laverne location. There were people that actually were driving by locations to go to vote to their assigned polling location, which didn't make sense either. We have a question here from a listener sent in by text, and they're asking, what do we need to take with us when we go and take advantage of early voting? Okay, in Tennessee, you have to have a Tennessee-issued photo ID. So that can be a Tennessee driver's license, it can be a Tennessee handgun permit, or it can be a federal photo ID, such as a passport or a military ID. Uh, so that's what that's all that you need. Now, some people do bring their voter registration, I mean, their voter card, which can be very helpful because every voter has a voter ID number, and that's the quickest way to bring a person up is by that by that number. Especially if you uh, have a you know a long last name and you have to if you type like like I do, sometimes it takes a little time to to type all that in. But that number just uh, gets you in real quick. But a photo ID, state issue or federal uh, issued ID, is all that you need. We have another question from a listener, and they're asking when is the best time to early vote and not be in a crowded area. 7 a.m. to 8 a.m. on Monday through Friday at our office on the square or 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. Monday through Friday uh, in our office on the square. That's Those are the premium times because people are either getting to work or getting their kids to school. And, of course, in the late in the afternoons, people have kind of already gone to the house. But we're on our office uh, on the square. We're open from 7 to 7. And Friday nights at 630 it's a ghost town, but uh, but but we're we're there. We're available. So that's the that's the best the best time. So go downtown, eat dinner, and uh, and vote. Exactly, exactly. As you look at the elections, have they changed? Has the makeup of the elections changed over the years since since you've been involved? Well, you know, I've been involved with the local elections, Bart, since gosh, I mean, since the early '80s, and uh, of course, I was I'm I was young. But um, and you still are. I'm still still young. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, sometimes I don't feel young, but uh, but especially election time. But but no, they really have changed because the people have changed. the The community has changed. The West Side, what I call the West Side of the county, we have more people that vote on the other side or the west side of the interstate than we do in what I call Murfreesboro proper. And so those majority of those people are not from here they have moved in here most of them don't even come to downtown murfreesboro they hit the interstate going to and from nashville or whatever that in itself has really changed the mode of communication you know i can remember back in the old days you know you always waited for that sunday morning paper before election day okay what's the big surprise newspaper ad that's going to hit on your candidate or or against the candidates too but you know with social media and things of that nature you don't really have that now. It seems like it's just uh, the sad part about it is, is there seems about there's just attack, attack, attack a lot of times uh, just through the process. So, do you think that that will ever change now that we've gone that direction, where it's just mudslinging? I, I kind of hope. I kind of hope it does. Uh, 
revert back to the old old way of politics, so to speak. I mean, I, I miss I miss I remember as a kid growing up here in Murfreesboro, coming up up on the town square and John J. Hooker up on the on the town square up here, you know, kind of doing his stump speech. Winfield Dunn doing his stump speech and and some of those, you know, Lamar Alexander running for governor, walking across the state and kind of walking through Rutherford County. You know, the the true retail politics, so to speak, of just, you know, out there meeting, shaking hands. But now it seems to be all television, social media, and, and direct mail. We are talking this morning about the election. We are in progress on early voting. Alan Farley is with us. He is the administrator for the Rutherford County Election Commission. Alan, how much more time will people have to take advantage of early voting right here in Rutherford County? November the 3rd. November 3rd, okay. And so then there's a five-day break, and then Election Day is November the 8th. There's ample opportunities. We've got nine locations, satellite locations other than our office on the square. They're open from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m., Monday through Friday, Saturdays from 8 to noon, our office on the square is open from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. Uh, Monday through Friday, and then on Saturdays from 8 to noon. We offer the most hours of early voting than any county in the state. But I do encourage you, you know, before you do go, just read what those uh, amendments are. You know, One of them has to deal with the right to work in the state of Tennessee is Amendment 1. Amendment 2 is uh, has to do with the line of succession with the governor. If the governor was to become uh, incapacitated at some point. Amendment 3 um, is the slavery and uh, involuntary servitude question to amend that out of the Constitution. Uh, then also Amendment 4 has to deal with the priest or pastor being able to serve in the House and the Senate uh, in the legislature. So really some housekeeping issues, um, Amendments 2, 3, and 4. Alan, any final thoughts you want to encourage people to do? Take advantage of this opportunity. It's a November general election to turn out to vote. If you're not you're not registered yet, take this opportunity to go ahead and get registered so you're ready for the next election when it comes along. And before you go, just make sure you go and read through those constitutional amendments, and that way you go in, you know, you've got a, an understanding of what that is because our ballot, six pages of it, is just reading the legalese of the constitutional amendments. So there are summaries on there, so you can kind of narrow that reading down. But uh, but I just encourage all of our voters to go ahead and make sure to do your research, and then that way you go in and then you just vote yes or no. Alan Farley, our guest this morning, he is the election administrator for Rutherford. The Action Line on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. If you're looking for an authentic relationship with financial experts who genuinely care about your unique needs, Capstar Bank is for you. Capstar Bank is dedicated to the people of this community. Capstar Bank wants to help you reach your financial goals. Because at Capstar Bank, you matter to us. Capstar Bank, 2230 Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard, capstarbank.com, member FDIC, equal housing lender. 
This morning we're talking with Danielle Rutherford with Seniors Helping Seniors. And starting off this morning, tell us first of all, what is Seniors Helping Seniors? Seniors Helping Seniors is a non-medical home health agency here in town. We provide non-skilled services such as companion care, meal preparation, light housekeeping, anything and everything that you can think of to keep you in your home that you are unable to do. And these are all things that are huge needs for a lot of people because now more than ever, it seems like folks want to stay at home as long as possible as opposed to actually going and living at, for example, an assisted living facility or a nursing home. People want to be independent. Right. Not many people these days are lining up for nursing facilities. So our goal is to help you age in place. Where are those gaps of care? How can we keep you in your home living independently and safely? Again, Danielle Rutherford with us with Seniors Helping Seniors. So what gave you this idea to really want to go out and help seniors out there who are in our community. I've been a social worker in this community for over 20 years, and I got my start in Nashville working with nonprofit agencies, always working in the aging population, and found out very quickly that individuals want to stay in their home. And that population that you're working with, what age does that typically start at? anywhere between 55 and up, really depending on the physical disability or need or dementia, Alzheimer's. For those listening, if you want to learn more information about Seniors Helping Seniors, you can be found online at shsmiddletn.com. Give us an idea of what the process is of taking on a new client. How do you go about starting that relationship? Well, first off, we would just schedule a visit. I would go into your home and just have a conversation. We talk about what your needs are, what your likes are, what you don't like. A lot of people will be very friendly to tell me what they don't like. And we go from there. It's very organic, really, whenever we start a conversation. And it's not really mocked out into, you know, different bullet points of what we have to cover. It's more of a conversation. And from there, we discuss what the needs are, figure out what the plan of care would be, and then we execute it. It's funny you said that you often talk to folks who tell you right off the bat what they don't want, what they don't need, or they tell you, you know, we've had a bad experience with X, Y, Z. How does that usually pan out when they're saying to you, I've tried this method and it didn't work, but now I want to try this idea? We really focus on what individuals can do, not necessarily what they can't do. We try to make sure what individuals can't do, we fill that gap. You know, if they've worked with other entities before that just didn't pan out, how can we make this a positive experience? How can we step in and make this experience great for them? I like the way you're thinking because it sounds like you're thinking in more of a a positive way. You're finding out what that person's able to do. You're finding out what their abilities are as opposed to just going in and saying, well, we know you can't do this. And then you focus only on that one negative thing. Right. Does it seem to you like a lot of other groups or organizations, they do focus on the negative side of things more so than the positive? I can't really speak to what other entities really focus on, but what I know we focus on is 
very organic friendship. We're here to help. We're, we're here coming in as a neighbor, as a loved one, as part of the family. When we enter into someone's home, that's your space. We want to make sure that we make you comfortable and we're there to help you, not just stepping into something, taking over and then leaving. Again, we're talking with Danielle Rutherford with Seniors Helping Seniors online at shsmiddletn.com. Danielle, when you meet with somebody new, what are some of the first things you may ask them? We definitely sit down and talk about daily schedules. Daily schedules are very important, and your schedule might be different from my schedule. Not everyone wakes up at 6 a.m. Not everyone, you know, wants to go to bed by 6 p.m., you know. So we really discuss what is your daily schedule? How do you get up? What do you eat? What do you like to watch on TV, your daily hobbies? We really try to figure out everything about this individual so we can really hone in on the why of why we're there. If somebody listening, maybe they have a parent they're worried about who lives alone, or maybe it's uh, it could even be an older brother or a sister that they are concerned about who lives alone or who has a spouse that really cannot help them to the extent they may need help on a daily basis. What do you do in the situations where the client says, I really only need help after 8 p.m. each day. I really need help in the category of making sure I have meals for the day. What what types of things are you hearing and, and how do you go about focusing on those specific items? Again, when we go into a home, it's a conversation. What is your schedule? And within our conversation, it very organically happens of this is what my eating patterns are. This is what my sleeping patterns are. This is when I normally have my medical appointments. All of these things will come out. Not many people want to say where they're having trouble. (laughs) But, you know, if you do have issues after 8 p.m. at night, if you do have issues super early at 6 a.m. in the morning, we have caregivers that have been doing this for many years that cover all of those shifts so we would you know really try to discuss with an individual where their needs are and how we can close those gaps because Murphy's Bros, Smyrna, Laverne, Eagleville have all grown so fast I mean all of these areas are some of the fastest growing areas in the state in fact in the U.S. even we're kind of a melting pot of a population of people from all over which does mean a lot of people who are living here when they retire they may not have any family who lives here with them and that can be kind of a a stressor for people in a lot of ways but that can also mean they don't have anybody to readily call on for some type of help within their home so can you fill that gap of course one of our main services we provide is companionship especially due to covid a lot of individuals have been stuck in their homes they've lacked that socialization so we have a lot of individuals whose family live out of state who travel for work and they want their loved one to just be social so we have many companions in this area that will go and sit and play cards and take someone to the senior center. It's not necessarily just home care. It's also companionship. So if somebody listening, let's say they don't feel comfortable driving anymore, are you able to provide them with somebody to help take them from point A to point B, maybe even walk them through the grocery store? Of course. We even have individuals that will walk around the block with someone's dog just for exercise because they're afraid to walk by themselves. We do provide transportation for errands, medical appointments, 
if your loved one just wants a break from the individual that they're caring for and they want you to take that individual out for lunch or out to the park. We do all of those things. With the medical appointments, for example, that could be a a really big need and a really helpful point in that it sounds like you could have somebody actually go with them when they go to talk to the doctor. They could take notes during that visit. That way they can go back and, and look back at the notes to recall, well, this is what he said or this is what she suggested. So I could see where that would be really helpful. Definitely. We have a lot of individuals that don't understand what the doctor is saying. So we don't just provide transportation, drop you off and pick you up after. We're there through the whole process. If somebody listening wants to get more information or they want to set up an appointment so they can find out if maybe the personalities match up, if they can find out more details on what services you provide, how can they get a hold of you? They can call me directly. Um, My direct local number is 615-988-0803, or they can search us out on the website at shsmiddletn.com. And on the website for Seniors Helping Seniors, is there contact information where they can just send you an email? There is. There's uh, actually two buttons. One button is request if you need help, and the other button says, I want to help. We do focus on hiring individuals who are retired, who don't necessarily have to work full time, who want to give back to the community in a capacity that's flexible with their schedule. So we really um, not only provide opportunities for care in the community, we also provide employment opportunities. Again, Danielle Rutherford with Seniors Helping Seniors online at shsmiddletn.com. We make your life easier by providing compassionate care in the comfort of your own home. We want you to live your best life. We've been talking with Danielle Rutherford with Seniors Helping Seniors. For WGNS News, I'm Scott Walker.